Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and the Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Jonathan Singleton had four number ones as a writer before he realized he could write. Big dummy. Hey, Paul Reed Smith guitars. You've seen him in every video ever made and heard him on every record ever made. Yeah, not really. But seriously, great freaking guitars. Buy one, maybe two. PRSGuitars.com Cathead Vodka CatheadDistillery.com and Cathead Vodka on Instagram. Jonathan's one of the best writers to ever come down the pike. His look at life and ability to tell a story are just about my favorites. I've had so many great times with this guy over the years, and he's got a boatload of great guitars, seriously. I'd say I would guarantee you're going to laugh, but Joey said I can't do that anymore. Here's Jonathan Singleton. Goodness, Jonathan Singleton. What are you doing? Oh, man. We're coming off a CMA week. Yes. So I'm asleep right now. You can't tell. Dude, you are a stunning conversationalist for being sleeping. Yes. They teach you that in Nashville. <laughs> There's like week two. Uh, pretend like you're awake. These are not my eyeballs. They're painted on. So coming off of that and just uh, writing is my favorite part of that. Yes. Still. You know, a whole bunch. Did you and play at CMA week? No, man. You we're didn't? just, you know, we're doing the, 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 uh, what do you call it? The biz. The biz. The biz. Apparently, this is a suit now. This, really? This suit. In uh, Canada, that would be called a, a Canadian, Canadian tuxedo. Canadian tuxedo, yeah. Yes. Um, so I watched a lot, which was way better than playing. Yeah. You know, uh, I enjoyed that a whole lot more. But yeah, it's like, how many beers can you? I loved your show. It was great, man. I love that second song. If you do that, they have no idea. You don't know what you. <laughs> Which show are you talking that's about? Sexy. Yeah, you know that yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 with the big that. guy with the, the hat. solo was killer. Dude, he's he's the one wearing the backwards ball cap. You mm-hmm. know that guy. Mm-hmm. I love oh. the drummer. Right, <laughs> man. His four on the floor is solid. Uh, yes, yeah. So you were born in the magical, mystical Cedar Grove, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I was born around there. Around there near Jackson? Around Jackson, yeah. We always say Jackson. Right. People at Cedar Grove are very upset about that in Lexington, Tennessee. But Jackson was kind of that hub around. My dad was a, was a preacher. And I don't know why he preached at you know, churches that were having trouble, uh, which are many. Uh, and uh, And so... Yeah, we would kind of move around to those things. So if a church had kind of split or something had happened uh, there, he would kind of go in and and try, and try to refocus the thing. That was the thing he liked to do. Spiritual triage. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if he looked at it that way. <laughs> he was very cool and still is very cool about religion and, and 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 his version of that and our version of that, your version of that. He's 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 pretty slick about that stuff, but. That's what we did. So we always kind of, Jackson was the hub. I went yeah. to Lexington High School. But if you say Lexington in Nashville, they assume you're from Kentucky. Right. So then you got to talk to them more. So I just go straight for Jackson. I still get Mississippi in that. Sometimes I'll just say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I actually thought your band, Jonathan Singleton and the Grove, I thought that meant the Grove from Ole Miss. No. It's and the so Grove, did Amy. Cedar Grove. 
Yeah. 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 I didn't know that. And I didn't realize that also until I did a podcast with Jesse Alexander. And she also set me clear. Because she's from there. Yes. Yeah. She went to Jackson, I think, to school. Okay. But her parents, her dad was in Parsons, Tennessee, which was actually closer to Lexington. Okay. So we were real close in that same. I interrupted you. Go ahead. There's a bunch of you. You guys and Ash Bowers and Brandon Ash. Ray. Yeah. What's the yeah. deal with that? Man. Is that something in the water kind of thing? Maybe so. You know, Jackson is an interesting place, man, because because we're right in the middle of Memphis and Nashville. Yeah. There's music, 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 music. State Patrol Office is there. Yes, yeah. it is. I've been in there. Yeah. Late at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, my brother played and and was great, and he's in town writing songs now. Oh really? Yeah, he's writing at Combustion and Kelly King. He's got oh, a with him. He's he's killing. And uh, anyway, he had a band to start off. Uh, well, I mean, early on, I had a band too. It was kind of like we had punk band kind of stuff, and Josh played, you know, because they were good. They would play like good songs, and then we would play Ramon songs and and Dead Kennedys and, and, and uh, some No Effects mixed in here and there. And nice. Finally, Nirvana came out, and we were golden, man. We were killing for a couple of years. You were ready to go. Um, but anyway, Josh played harmonica and sang, so we played Memphis more. Uh, and I think that access was there for all of the Jackson people. So there was Memphis, there was Muscle Shoals right down the yeah. road, there was North Mississippi. Uh, <clears throat> Which there's a lot of stuff going on, a Corinth and Tupelo. It was music all around there. And then there's bluegrass stuff, you know, there was Casey Jones Village that had kind of the grassers would hang out and and do stuff. So I think that's it. I mean Carl Perkins is from Jackson, which is like yeah. Billy, you know, that's how that started. So it was kind of a mix between blues and and country and I think that still exists and not I'm just not putting Ash in that category. Sorry, Ash, it, uh, you know uh, <laughs> that dude. <laughs> Uh, no, but Brandon and Ash too. I mean, we all kind of grew up. It wasn't just country stuff we were playing. Yeah. We played bars and, and we were doing uh, Marvin Gaye tunes, and then and then a Willie Nelson song, and then a Bob Marley song, and then a blues song. That'd be a blast. Uh, it was fun, man. And so, people expected that in Jackson. Yeah. It was expected of you to be kind of uh, to 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 do all in, in that way. If I'm paying four and a half dollars for this bucket of beer, you, you better entertain mind. me. Okay. So. Did you have a musical family, or was it just you and your brother decided? Yeah, man, I did. I did. Um, my mom played forever. That's what she did. Uh, uh, she had a band called Rio. Their name was Rio. And they were great, man. And even back then, she had, uh, it was a big band. I remember they would practice on Mondays, and we would go at, you know, six, seven, eight years old, and, and we would go to band practice on on. Monday night we'd hang out with the other kids that were in the band and, and then we'd watch them play some and and they did kind of they did you know country stuff there was a country lead player and then there was a rock lead player so it was that kind of thing you know uh, and they did Dobie Gray you know songs and, and Doobie Brothers and then they would do uh, Willie Nelson songs they were kind of doing the same thing we were doing yeah. growing up and then I guess oh man she was probably she was probably we were 10, 9, 10. Josh is a couple years older than me. She was coming back and forth to Nashville and writing songs uh, with some people up here and, and some people who are still here, as a matter of fact. Um, 
and singing at the captain's table. Oh, yeah. The captain's table. She would do that, and they would have tapes. You know, they'd come up here and make tapes. And then they would take the the vocals off and just sort of like early karaoke stuff right. is what they were doing. So the captain's table, you'd have your tape, and that guy would hit play on your tape, and you'd sue it, sing a set. So that was know? like an early track guy. It was like an early track guy, yeah. <laughs> just play. Uh, they're kind of doing that now. Yeah. Kinda. They're kind of doing yeah, that Yeah, pretty now. much, yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, so, and then eventually she got offered a record deal. And then, you know, the contract comes in, and they, I remember them doing all that stuff. And I remember us sitting down and, and, and them, her kind of figuring out, there's no way I can mom and yeah. do this, too. So she kind of backed out of that thing, and that was it, man. That was kind of the last conversation about her doing a record deal or playing a gig wow. or anything like that. It was kind of, I'm sure there was more to it. I was younger, yeah. so I, I didn't really understand what was happening. I just kind of, but as me and my brother, you know, we always had, stuff in the house in lexington where we grew up the living room was not a living room it was a band room right and then my parents would watch tv in the what was the dining room there was no dining room that was the living room <laughs> but we had our stuff set up and, and man we never had really you know nice cars or anything like that but we had gear we had drums we had bass we had guitars mics those old sp1s we had those and a couple other things and monitors and that's what Dang. my pop spent money on you know because he they could see that we weren't good at anything else we were just josh was i take that back josh is he, he can he can do just about anything he, he tries but um that was kind of the thing that kept us out of trouble so we had band practice every day after school and it was set up where my band would practice and then from this time to this time and his band would practice from this time to this time um so, you know, as we're having kids, we're we're talking about that, too. Do we kind of push it on them? Yeah. Just have it around, or how do you do that? My parents did a pretty good job of it. There was a time in my life where I thought they might have pushed us too hard to do that. Yeah. Not too hard, but kind of like over, uh, over uh, uh, what's that word? I'm supposed to be able to do this. Overzealous? A little bit, yeah, yeah. They yeah. probably also were looking for a creative constructive way to keep you boys out of trouble oh there's no doubt yeah there's no doubt and i would have been in jail way more times than i was if i was <laughs> if i if i wasn't doing that right. but yeah and, and at 14 i was 14 so that would have made josh probably 15 or 16 my dad at one time too he he did promotions for the ipre rodeo uh, so he would go ahead of the rodeo and he would go to all the radio stations and stuff and he Man. would, uh, he would uh, um advertised for the uh, up-and-coming rodeo at the fairgrounds, wherever it was. And so he was pretty good at that stuff. So he rented out the Civic Center there in Lexington, and we had a show. It was my band played first, and then Josh's band played. And we put about over 300 people in that little... I was 14, you know, and we played, and, and then they played. My dad collected all the money, made sure everything was good. And then, and then uh, at the end of the night, they set us all down, and they forked out money. Here's how much you made. Here's how much you made. Now, how do you feel about, about yeah. how much work you're going to put into this thing? You know, which was game changer for me. <laughs> so there goes mowing the yard. I guess who's not mowing the yard tomorrow, Dad? I got more money than you did. <laughs> Too bad you spent all your money on that Civic Center. I thought you were going to say, boys, you did real good. We're heading to the A&W. Because <laughs> you've earned a rip beer float. <laughs> no, they paid us. They He's paid got us. money rolling out of his pockets, yeah. boss hog style. Mm. So how'd you get to to Nashville? Was that because of your mom? I mean, you already had an interest? No, not really, man. I mean, 
she never really, she kind of stayed out of it once we kind of got going. My brother was real smart about, he was that guy around town there that, that, that could get the gig. He could talk to the booking agents. Mm-hmm. He could talk to the managers and the <clears throat> club owners and stuff like that. And so we kind of all took our cues from him, uh, and, and that's where we kind of learned some of that stuff. But uh, he ended up going to France. He's playing blues stuff. He, he married a girl, girl from France, and he, he went to France to play with all those blues. Blues is still huge over there. Yeah, He went where it was happening, you know. Uh, and so when he left, I kind of took uh, the the front spot and, and was singing and, and writing songs and stuff like that. Um there was a guy from, I'm long-winded on this, man. That's no, dude, this is awesome. There was a guy, Ted Jones. You ever run into that guy that was around town for a little while? Ted Jones, he had a deal at, at Murrah Music. Okay. With Roger and Paul yeah. and all those guys yeah. over there. Um, and uh, he would come out to, we had a house gig at this place called Barley's. We played there for like seven years, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. We just, you know, if we didn't have a Friday, another Friday and Saturday night gig, we'd play there. But at this time, we were kind of running spring break, Destin, Florida, and, you know, uh, back up the coast, Illinois, all those colleges that were around Memphis State and Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and doing all that and, and, and playing cover songs and slipping in originals, and we had CDs for sale. Same thing everybody was doing back yeah. then. So you play Mustang Sally, and you play original songs. Right. You play Brown Eyed Girl, you play original songs. <laughs> we got them. You know, we got them out on the floor. Let's Let's cram one of these crap songs down their throat, you know. Um, so, uh, God, I forgot where I was headed on that thing. Uh, what were we talking about? I said, about? how'd you get to Nashville? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ted had, uh, he, he was coming out to Barley's when we were playing there. And he kept bringing a CD that had some songs on it that he was, uh, uh, he had written, uh, with some guys that I knew around town. And he brought it four or five times. I never listened to it. I, I thought I was going to play bars. I worked in a studio with this guy named Charlie Baker. He was a real smart guy that had a studio, a retail place, and he taught lessons in this little spot over there, and I did the same thing. He kind of set me up to mm-hmm. do the same. I was teaching bass, drums, and guitar, working in the retail store, and then we'd do sessions at night, and then we'd work and playing gigs. So we had four or five jobs, but Dang. we were making pretty good money, and I, I was married, and I thought that was what I would do. You know, Charlie always joked that I was going to take over his empire. I think the funny part is there was not much of the empire to take <laughs> over, you know. Uh, but we were kind of happy doing what we were doing, uh, and then Ted let me know that people wrote songs for a living, and I was like, well, that's just one thing. That I, <laughs> right. That's just one part of that. That seems way more interesting. So I came up, and I met with Roger. I met with, uh, um, what was his name? Eddie Gore that had oh, a studio yeah. that was working over for, for Steve Cropper, had that studio yep. that since got yep. torn down over there, and his wife was Lori that was working at Universal South. Um, and we cut a record called Jim Bay Sessions, and it was me and Ilya Tashinsky and Nick Buddha. So Nick was playing percussion, and, yep. and um, Ilya played guitar and mando and all that stuff that he plays. And I sang a song. We kind of cut them in the order that we wrote them in. And uh, Eddie was Eddie was trying to do some production stuff, so he was kind of taking those things around town. Um, and I started getting phone calls because Eddie would go in and play those things for people, and they go, man, that sounds great. And he goes, who's the guy singing? Yeah. So I had a 92 S10, and I would, 
if they called me, I'd say, well, I can be there in two hours. And I'd get in the car and I'd drive up and Dang. you know meet with – I didn't know who Roger Murrow was. I didn't know who anybody was. Yeah. And I just didn't know that much about country music except for the ones that I had to know to play bar To play them, yeah. Um, especially not much of uh, you know songwriting. And they all had some guys that I was big fans of that were country writers. And, but it was more kind of – you know, Chris Knight and Steve Burr. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I always love that kind of stuff. And, Absolutely. And uh, – that was it, man. It kind of went from there, and then Eddie introduced me to Catherine Blassingame, okay, um, who was awesome at that. And Catherine at that time was 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 working for Dan Huff. Yep. And uh, Mrs. Brian. Uh, do what? Mrs. Brian. A church or church? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, see, yeah. So then uh, I got a I got a uh, a pub deal from from Dan and a record deal from from. Uh, Universal South, and then were um, you trying to do that? I was not at all. I wanted a pub deal. Okay, I wanted a pub deal, and I remember talking to Chris Lacey. She still loves it. She loves she loves this story. <laughs> when I got a record deal, uh, there was a showcase one night. She came up. She's like, "Yeah, you remember you and you told me you didn't want a record deal." It's like, uh, "Yeah, well, uh, 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 she just not happy about that at all." But I was going in trying to get a, a publishing deal because yeah. at the time I was twenty. Seven or okay, so. and I've been playing bars for <clears throat> ten years, fifteen years. I mean, we've been playing bars for a long time. Yeah, I might have been older than that. I can't remember. I got married. I was twenty six, so I might have been twenty nine or so. Uh, and was, man, the last thing I wanted to do is get back in the van and go redo the yeah the thing that I was about to do for nothing for nothing. Oh, so you so we can be gone three hundred days next year and play three hundred free shows. Oh, that sounds fantastic! And lose money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is that when Dan was in uh, Craig's office? Yes. So that's that probably when the, I met you. That because that's yes. where Amy was working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they they so it was Diver Dan and yeah. then that switched over to Crosstown. Was it the first version of Crosstown? I can't remember the name of that company. But it was I, I don't know. Catherine working in there, Daryl Frank, Daryl yep, Franklin. Franklin, and then they had me and Neil Thrasher and Busby. Oh yeah, and Melissa Pierce. Yep, there was four of us, and it was awesome, man. It yeah. was great. Uh, uh, that was man the introduction to that thing. But that's how I ended up in in town is through them, and then. Of course, we went on every show Eric did for the next. So his lawyer became my lawyer. Yeah. His manager became my manager. And we went Is that on. John Pete's? John Pete's. Yeah. And uh, Malcolm Mims was their lawyer at the time. Yeah. And so Catherine, man, she really like kind of set it on the. And then the guys I was writing with, too, you know, she was so great at setting up. It's seeing what this person needs and what this person needs. Right. Um, this writer is does this and this writer does this. They probably work great together. Uh, that's which a gift, the way it's man. supposed to work, yeah. by the way. That's it a used gift. to work that way. Yeah. Or at least I thought it did. Um and those guys she set me up with, I still write with most of those guys. Yeah. You know. That was the long version of that. That was good. <laughs> that was good. So you uh would you put out two singles? Mm-hmm. And they they did okay. They did okay, yeah. Did that make you mad? Man. Because you're definitely of two different minds. Sure. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So the reason I ended up with a record deal is I would go in those oh. in those uh, meetings, like, say, with, you know, Warner 
Warner Chapel or whoever, Sony, all those guys. And, you know, you play a couple songs as a songwriter, like, this guy's guy's interested in a pop deal. You play a couple songs and go, man, you need a a record deal. So in my redneck mind, I go, well, if I just start saying I want a record deal, then I'll probably get a publishing deal. And that's exactly exactly how that went. Uh, So, you know, you just kind of start saying it. And then at the time, too, it's like, okay, so here's me from – West Tennessee that I never had nothing, you know, and, and I, here's a, this publishing company wants to give me a publishing deal and this record company wants to give me a record deal and this guy that has produced everything for, and is great at what he does wants to produce my record. How can I say no? Was that Dan? Dan, did he yeah, so Dan yeah. did that record and, and so we kind of had a, a deal put together. He was kind of built into my record deal yeah. with him and stuff and and man, if you're going to trust a guy in town, oh, dude, there's absolutely. like three of them yeah. and he's one of them. He's definitely um, one of them. Uh, uh, I just gave him way too much credit for that, didn't I? Can we redo that? He didn't even show up to the sessions, man. I don't know why anybody thinks he's worth a crap. I hired all those guys. (laughs) That was my idea. He'd come in and check my mixes about 7 o'clock at night. Uh, Half the time he fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, that was was how that that ended up working. But so the other question was what now? Sorry, man. Now, did, ADD. Did is that, that what they call it? Who? What? <laughs> What's your name again? Huh? No, I said uh, not having huge success. Did that piss you off? Oh yeah. Or were well, you kind of halfway relieved because you I were? Mean, I, I was a, a tad relieved. Not man. relieved. I, I, That's a bad way of putting it. But not not relieved. Of course you want your song yeah. to do great. Yeah. yeah. Man, but I mean, we were like thirties, and we did the radio tour, and man, I learned a ton. From that, yeah. man. most of the stuff I'm doing now is because I know that that version of that, and not just regular straight songwriting. Yeah. You know, um, that's a man. A giant skill set is failing at radio tour for a songwriter, or, or any version of of any yeah. of the music business of it not working. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted it to work. I remember kind of the end of that. Um. You know, kind of complaining about how it was going and it's not really going that good. And then add on top of that, I'm in a van sleeping in the floor, Dude. you know, chasing a bus for, uh, you know, to play a gig. And I had four number ones in that time. Yeah. So now I've got things change drastically in your mindset from... Well, I don't have any money at all, so I might as well go work like a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed playing with my band, but Dude. I didn't really, honestly, the thing I lacked is get really caring what everybody else thought about it. Because uh, you I, had some money. I recognize that. Well, I mean, as a crowd, you oh, know, yeah. I was never like crowd engaged. I was kind of like, I'm just enjoying playing with my guys like I love. Yeah. Did you hear the bass lick? The, the guy, the, that right. was awesome, man. That's kind of the conversations we had. And not really, did we really crowd engage tonight? Have we? How much merch have we sold? You know what I mean? I don't really care about that. Wait, do we have merch? We, <laughs> we, we yes, yeah. Um, so, and then getting those songs on the radio, it's like, man, one of these things is working and one of them is not. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't hurt my feelings really, really bad to just kind of nix one of those things. And I was talking to my wife one morning and we were just beat like dogs, you know, just tired and it'd take you two or three days to get over it and, and try to get back to just feeling halfway normal. 
and I had anxiety about the whole thing. You know, I ended yeah. up, I got to go take some, I'm taking pills, you know, and I, I was drinking enough to just to go to sleep on the, in the floor of the van, which takes a lot, by the way. And it never got real bad, but like that part of it, I didn't like at all. You never uh, drank too much. Just, just your share. Just, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and and so I was talking to Casey one day, and I remember, and I was complaining and griping and, and saying, "She ain't this, you know, this ain't going." And she finally goes, "Well, just quit then. Yeah, just quit then." And it and it kind of paused. I go, "Man, I can, like, I can quit." Uh, so I just went and told all my guys, you know, if something doesn't happen, you know, if something crazy happens, you know, then then that's that's a different story. But as of now, a year from now, I'm I'm out. I'm yeah. gonna write songs. That's what's working for me, and they are all like, yes, absolutely. So, and that version of that to to mean like, so if you're going to get something going here, get it going. And a lot of them did, man. I mean, uh, two of my guys are still out with Eric Church. Uh, my guitar players, guitar teching for Luke Combs, so they they're doing stuff, and, and the other guys play around and 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 are still playing, and we still do stuff every now and then. But we did that whole last tour, which was the Throwdown tour. That okay. Was the first Throwdown tour, as a band that knew they were going to quit. Yeah. Which was awesome. We played cover songs. We had everybody sit in. I wore shorts and flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> we had a ball, man. It was just like, well, what are you going to do? Drop us? You right. Know, it didn't make any difference. So, did the record company? Did they continue to cover shows and? No, no, because I mean, I. I had money at that time too, and I knew what was going to happen. Right. So instead of taking uh, tour, support tour support for that for that yeah. tour, that was the only tour we did with a bus, and I okay. paid for it. Oh wow! And I told them we're not going to take any money for this tour. We're just going to go do the tour. Yeah. Uh, and I lost a ton of money, but man, it was like a giant vacation. We yeah. took the bus for the last day of that tour and went to uh, North Carolina to Hatteras Islands and, and hung out for like three or four days. When we were doing stuff and they'd say, hey, we got to go do this radio thing. We'd be like, no, nah, we're going to go to Mount Rushmore today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, t- you give that station my best. Yeah, that's what we said. Well, that guy that was there, I can't remember. Robbie Owens is that guy. Do you remember that dude? Huh. He's great, man. He's still in radio stuff. He went with us. So I called, I called he goes, you're not coming? I was like, no, nah, man, we're going to go up to... And he took us over to uh, Deadwood. We played cards oh, right there. With the, which, the radio, which is hilarious to me, because all of a sudden the radio tour started going better. Because you're like, no, nah, I don't want to... Oh, you want me to take you and buy you a steak? Was like, well, I want to do this. And yeah. they, they'd go with you or they wouldn't. Who cares? You know, not who cares, but yeah, you right, know what right, I mean. Yeah. That's, uh, that's an important part of that thing. And I was bad at it anyway, you know. Well, you can only tell... The exact same story, the exact same jokes, so many times. And when you got to play the same three songs yeah. three times that day at three yeah. different radio stations, yeah. then go play a gig, it's a drain, man. Yeah. It's it's hard. You know, I mean, I've said on this thing a million times, one of my favorite quotes ever was by Rick Nielsen, A Cheap Trick. And he said, nobody pays us to play. They pay us to travel. 100%. And because yeah. he goes... Playing is the great part. That's fun. It's the other 22 hours a day 100%. that you're flying, driving, planes, trains, and automobiles. And yeah. Yeah, dude. That's that's a freaking grind. It takes a special kind of person to do that. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it's like even, you know, like I said, uh, I was out with uh, Florida Georgia Line for a couple of years in my early 50s, and traveling was great. Yeah, but I was still gone when I was fifty-four. No, fifty-two. 
I was still gone 170 days. And it's like, that's just a lot. It's a lot. That's just a lot. And, yeah. you know, and I finally, that's what Amy did, too. She goes, well, quit. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You know? Cause it's, God, it's nice when it's true, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have had a couple of cuts. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my favorite one I got to well, ask you right. about is if... Allmusic.com says you got a cut by Rick Derringer. Is that right? Does uh, it say that? That's what it says. I, 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 okay. I, don't, I do not know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Where does it say that? I, really, I think it was Rick All Music. Derringer. Rick Derringer, because I wrote exclamation point, question mark. Does it, question. Have a, does it have a title on there? No. Well, I didn't write that down. I was not that prepared. Hmm. I thought you would know, because that was like... I have no idea. Well, because it's like... You know, the duh of Rascal Flatts, Midland, Darius, Blake, Tyler Farr, McGraw, Rick Derringer? <laughs> Dude, did you write Wait Rock a and Roll Hoochie Coo? Is that, is that Rick Derringer? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't say that, well, does it really? Yeah. That's crazy. I'll look it up. I'll shoot it to you tonight. Okay. Dude, uh, watching airplanes and guy walks into a bar, two of my favorite songs I remember being out with. FGL when Tyler Farr was out there yeah and the first night I think we were in Philadelphia he started playing that song and I think I texted you and said dude did you write this song because oh, it just funny. sounded I just knew it was you yeah you just you got you got such a cool sense of melody and everything you know Thank I mean you. and also you're a great singer so that kind of stuff is fun for you but you're such a good uh, storyteller you know I don't know that you've ever really sat and just watched airplanes or anything, but I always yeah. think it's like trying to be conversational without having a conversation. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to sure. you got to put yourself in that position and not everybody can do that. A lot of people only write what they know and they're incapable of writing outside of themselves. Yeah. How do you get good at that? Or do you just do it and do it and do it Man, and do it and do it? You know, better than me probably uh, I mean because of my split personalities <laughs> uh, that's a good guy you know I don't know I think you want to be there yeah if it's a song that's being written that you want to be smart enough to be there <laughs> or you know breakup is breakup feels easy to me you know yeah. uh, breakup always feel, it feels easy it's the one I don't understand Florida Georgia Line songs because I, you know, I don't really want to party. Right. You know, I don't yeah. really want to cruise. Like, I'd rather yeah. go home. I'd like to go home. Can yeah. you do that? It just make that good of a song, really. Uh, <laughs> but breakup feels easy for me. And I do want to, and I love, you know, the guys I listened to that were, that were country. You know, I, I've probably said this a whole bunch of times, but that Chris Knight first record oh, kind of changed my game yeah. on what country music was and what it should look like, what it should feel like. Or what it, you can be proud of it, you know, and you can say the things that were kind of, you know, traditionally kind of howdy doody, redneck country things. Yeah. Say them in a way that felt smart and felt Dude. like. Uh, he and was, that's what I've always tried to be like. Yeah, I want to write the same song. I want to write the things that are that are for the radio. And I'm not trying to. I always never try to preach to anybody. But but I also don't want to 
be part of the problem of people thinking that people from the South and people who listen to country music are, are, are dummies or, right. or, or rednecks. I mean, I feel like if if William Faulkner was, he'd be he'd probably write a, probably write a couple of country songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the things I always try to look at, and that comes with making things look the, a certain way. You know what I mean? He'd probably write them on a banjo, though. You write them on a banjo, probably. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a track guy, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Out on the porch with his antebellum home. <laughs> He's turning I'll, the crank. I'll, I'll say, can you can, can you turn up that T eight S eight oh eight, please? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know, I know what you mean because it's like we've all had big boy broken hearts. Yeah. We've all had great times in fantastic marriage. We've also we've been to a beach, which yeah. so in my head I've been to all of the beaches. Yeah. So I could probably write a song about going to a beach. Sure. If I wanted to. Yeah. But there seems to be enough of those. Yeah, I asked, a lot of those. <laughs> I asked yeah. Amy one day, man, I was so frustrated. Sorry I just cut you off That's there, but I just was sitting there and I was just laughing. And she goes, What are you laughing at? I said, When's the last time we were at a bonfire? Or sat on a tailgate, or went I on a. Sit on a tailgate every night. Well, yeah. Or I <laughs> yeah. go. I, where's the closest dirt road? I don't even know, I man. Don't talk about it. A lot, <laughs> Would you still write about it? I mean, I have. I've been known. Yeah. Oh been yeah. Known to, oh, yeah. We yeah, all drop have. a little tailgate on a on a song. It depends on you because you you can drop the tailgate down if you put something up on the line right before it. Right. You right. I mean? you yeah. Sure, you see what I did? I see what you did. Oh. <laughs> uh, but no, man, making those making those things look a certain way, I think, is the difference in those songs. Man, we're yeah. out of how many ways can you say I love you or I don't love you or I hate you or whatever you're saying. Well, if it's not interesting, man, if it's not the first line of the song, if I don't go or look at the title and go. Uh, give me a reason to want to listen to that song. 100%. If yeah. I'm disinterested, I am just out. man. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening behind that. It's still the only genre around that's uh, completely lyric-based, and you've yeah. got to have a little three-minute movie of what's happening. And I love that, man. Yeah. I love that oh, about man, country yeah. music. I, and, and, man, everybody's doing it a different way. you know. And, and I also, you know, it's not like we write down the way that we write a song and this is the only way to do it. I was just recently at a, at a thing, and there's a country writer there who I just happened to not like mm-hmm. you know just the the things that the person or the songs the songs the songs i mean everybody likes everybody here I yeah think, to a certain degree yeah. you know what i mean except for bobby pinson <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> i thought about not saying it but then i was i hope he would love that I oh, mean, he would be the first person to laugh about that, that. Yeah. oh i got laughed so hard my, <laughs> yeah, i that, forgot what i was saying now first a blood vessel in my eye <laughs> dude uh, but he was on stage talking about these songs that they had written and, and the way that they wrote them and how proud of them they were. And this has kind of been my spiel for, you know, these younger dudes, guys that are that are coming through now. And, and I, me being me, I, I kind of <clears throat> discounted his version of those country songs. But he was genuine in his, yeah. in his thought of, of him delivering sure. his life experience onto a piece of paper. And I'm an asshole for discounting for his prejudging ver- his his yeah. version of that right because in his mind he he had changed the game for himself and he had written down this thing that 
and, and man, all of our versions are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that was a big lesson for me, man. I was kind of watching them do that. I was like, oh man, I, I it's a, I, this is my in my Nashville uh, being here career. The thing I've said the most is, oh, I'm the asshole. <laughs> It's me. It's hardly ever them. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, uh, once again, I've told, I've said that to my wife about 40 times. It's like, no, he's really a nice guy. Yeah. I was the one being an asshole. It's just different versions and allowing all of those things to exist. And man, if some of those other versions didn't exist that, that I discount or I think are or crap or whatever. If they didn't exist, then it would. My thing would not either. Yeah, because they they juxtaposition each other. Did I say that. That right? was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, take two. <laughs> Juxtaposition on that, uh, dude. And I, I when I went out for my first weekend with FGL. I make a lot of noises, don't I? You notice it's like ice and it's it's like it's like audio whoop ass over there, man. There's a lot going on, (laughs) moving a lot. (laughs) But my wife said because I I hadn't heard much of FGL's music. I really like the guys, and I was really looking forward to this gig. But she goes, I know that's not really your style of music. But she says, don't be an idiot. And I went out there and came home after three shows, and she goes, how was it? And I said, "Oh, I'm the asshole." Sure, because oh, no it's doubt. like it, yeah. it finally dawned on me that nobody gives a crap if I like these songs or not. Because there's yeah. twelve thousand people every night singing every word to every song. One hundred percent. So there's a lot of people that and love dude, this on, music. Man. You know, you can't. And I roll my windows up very tight when that when it comes on, but don't don't think I, I don't crank it up along with everybody else. You know what I mean? It's not some kind of jazz elitist thing. We're all doing the same Absolutely. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. all trucks and dirt and broken hearts. And, and you know what I mean? It's just it's, we've got a, the parameters within yeah. the thing we're working for, and we're writing songs to get on to, on the radio. We want other Period. people rolling their windows up, listening yes. to our songs. Want, I, I, <laughs> no, I always say when we do these publishing meetings, they're like, okay, well, you know, what what do you what would you like to hap- see happen in your career? And I say, I want undeserved cuts. That's what I want. Because I've had a, a few deserved ones, <laughs> and I just want to feel what it feels like to turn on the radio and everybody go, really? <laughs> this song? I want that so bad. I feel like I'm probably going to get it sooner or later. I was writing with Bob DePiro just two houses up mm-hmm. years ago. And he could just tell. We wrote so much together. He could just tell I was in a pissy mood. Didn't want to be there. Didn't want to write. And he goes, man, he finally just put his guitar down, threw his pencil down. What's your problem? What's going on here? I go, man, every time I hear a song on the radio, I have one of two reactions. One, I go, holy crap, that is freaking brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? And my other reaction is, holy crap, that's a piece of crap. I got 10 songs just like that, and they're all better. And I said, I just, I don't know what to do about that. And he picked his guitar up and just went, hey, we should write another song. That's a super good point, right? And I went, I guess you're right. (laughs) We wrote a song. Yeah. But. Yeah, there ain't no doubt about that. But it's even like the humongous success of Taylor Swift. You know, it's been a long time since I was an 18-year-old girl. Yeah. That song's not, those songs are not meant for me. She's not writing songs for you or me. No, absolutely, man. Yes, yeah. 
But yeah. I see my nieces flipping their wigs out about yeah. her. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, man. And, uh, and uh, dude, I mean, if you put out a record, she's probably not going to buy it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, hey, what are you saying? <laughs> no, no, she's probably not. <laughs> she's I'm just, <laughs> I hate to burst her bubble. <laughs> I'd send it to her for free. Sure. Yeah. So, Which is what we expect anyway. So, how are we? So, we're the judges. Right. These guys who haven't bought a record since they've been here are the judges of the things that should be happening for now, people who buy records. That's not true. That's not true. I mean, what's, what's, be honest now. It'd be used. The last one you went and bought? Probably Marty Stewart. Here's my. Th- like my recently? Th- probably uh, a year or two ago. Okay. I mean, I buy used CDs all the time. Do you? Really? Yeah. I don't have a CD player. Oh, yeah. I'm that guy now. And my whole thing on that was, especially since I had so many friends in uh, record companies, like if when Scott Borchetta was at MCA, if he'd say, You want the new George Strait? I'd say, Yeah, great. And I'd take it and I'd get it for free then he would say do you want the new marty stewart i said no i'm gonna go buy that because i would want to help out the not struggling that's not the right word but the lower the ones on you the, like but i also mean the, the smaller tad elitist also like no no <laughs> i'll buy that one <laughs> i'll take ownership of that good sir yeah no but it's like i knew george Strait didn't need my help but yeah. somebody like Marty or whoever might have needed some help, you know, and I always like helping out sure, people that, sure. don't need, that need my help. Yes. Because I'm just that kind of guy. There you go. My, George Strait is pissed right now. He's listening. He's like, he, oh, I could have bought that extra acre. He just, he just texted me and said he doesn't want to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. He's a hard out. <laughs> He's a hard, <laughs> hard pass. That's a hard pass. <laughs> So, 50 Egg Music. Yeah. That's Cool Hand Luke, right? Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I love that movie. Oh, who doesn't? I love that movie. I've thought about it now more than (laughs) I did then. It was actually just the name of my... Because I usually try to do my kids. So I did... I had Jet Music. I had... uh, I tried Brave as my second son. So I kept trying to find, you know, Brave Music or Mm -hmm. Music for Brave. And and they were all taken because that's a, uh, you know... Uh, hot word um so anyway you know they make you put three things on your ass cap uh i think so 50 egg music was the last one and i always thought that was really cool it's one of my favorite movies uh, i love all of us butch casting and sundance kid and all yeah. of that I, i'm not that best, old but i just love those things it's yeah. a different time and but that thing i mean it's become a, a thing a little bit just because of the nature of that you know somebody doing something a little bit different Doing things to do them. As he said, he ate 58. He said, well, it'd be something to do. That's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a co-venture with Big Machine, which is cool. And- well, we, now we got a couple of things that are that are co-ventures with Big Machine. Oh, okay. So Kenton Bryant's on Big Machine. Reed's right. on Big Machine. Uh, but we're doing some other, we're doing other things. Cool. Out. So we're kind of, me and Luke got, got uh, one guy on our own now. That we're that we're doing, and we're just kind of spreading it around. You know, I love big machine. Big machine's been great, man. Yeah, they got all that kind of stuff, and uh, and kind of allowed me to set my contracts up that way, and and do all that stuff. And Mike's been great. I got a bunch of cuts over there, and we got stuff in business going going forward over there. But we kind of want to be the top of conversation in five or six publishing companies. Yeah, because as a songwriter now too. 
my version of that was always kind of like uh, you only get to pick one. You know, the publishing companies get to pick five, six, ten, twenty, forty. Yeah. You know, whatever, however many people they want to pick. But as a songwriter, like you like everybody. There's so many people in town that you want to work with, you know, but you never get to. So yeah. this kind of felt like a, a reason to me to be like, man, I've always liked them. They've never faltered in there. And the version of them I thought they were. Right, so right. I'm going to kind of go do some stuff with them. Uh, so we're kind of talking to people about doing some stuff and and uh, and moving around a little bit. You should probably get me some swag. I could really. I got some stuff. I could man. get you some, some stuff. Yeah. So how did the whole uh, the whole Luke Combs thing come around? Oh, man. So Luke was, Luke was doing his thing before anybody in Nashville realized what was going on. I mean, he had... Tons and tons of social media followers and Facebook and Vine. You remember Vine? Oh, man. Just killing Vine. Doing these little videos of him singing songs and stuff like that. And I guess it's probably been three years ago, I think. You know, it was the Whiskey Jam started and, and oh, Tin right, Roof right. Revival started and all of us old cats played all those first things, yeah. you know, and that for that it just allowed them to make tons and tons of money. Sing for your supper? They were singing Remember for that? your supper, yeah. Speaking yeah. of Bobby. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we kind of played all those things, and now we do the anniversaries. You know? right. So they have the anniversary, and they were like, let me ask you one more time and do uh, another another anniversary. So we were playing Tin Roof Revival Anniversary, me and Randy Montana and whoever played kind of the first versions of those. And then they had some new guys playing. And I didn't realize I had met Luke earlier, who was, you know, they were – Big songwriter fans, man, and, and things that were had happened around town that mm-hmm. songwriters and 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 uh, and old bands and stuff like that they were <clears throat> super super into. So I talked to him and Rob Williford at at uh, Tin Roof before that and didn't even realize it. Me and Randy Montana were kind of I can't remember if we had played or we were done playing or we were waiting to play. And this guy starts singing back in the back. We're kind of up at the bar, you know. We kind of jogged back, you know. It was one, it was this guy, man. And everybody, all these cats in the crowd are singing this song. And all the Nashville people were just kind of like, oh, no. We they, have no idea who this guy is. How do they know guy. that song? And I remember Google searching Luke Combs. Is it Lou? Lou, Lou Combs, Combs or Luke Combs, what did he say? Say his name one more. Say it slow. Um, and anyway, um, uh, Channing Wilson and Rob Snyder were running that uh, Tin Roof, who, who were buddies of mine. So I walked over to Channing. I said, hey, man, I got to know this guy, man. He's he's crazy good. And he goes, oh, yeah, man, Luke's cool, man. He He's going. He's doing all right, man. He's been playing these. He plays around Georgia a lot and all this stuff. And, and I said, I'll call you tomorrow, man, and, and let's all get up and write a song or something. So we did. Me and Channing and Luke wrote a song, and, and then Rob, and we all kind of started hunting together. And me and Randy took him out and killing stuff. We killed all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we were kind of sitting around one day, man, and, it, you know, you could tell it was kind of swelling a little bit, but everybody was still a little bit weird about Luke, man. It's like, this guy, he doesn't really look like he's not the kind, right. of, not the kind of guy that we, we want to give some power. You know, he's got that that trailer park beard thing happening, and we're scared, you know. <laughs> we're scared of what will happen. And they were right is my favorite part. But uh, So I, te- I literally texted him one day. I talked to Mike. 
Molinar, that, that was a big machine music guy. I said, man, I got this guy, and, and I think he's great, man. And, and, you know, he wants to do an artist deal. I don't think that that matters because I think, he, you know, he's a great songwriter. Yeah. People were gravitating towards the songs, you know, just as much as him being charismatic like he is and and super access, accessible as an artist. And but you can't see that, man. Not in Nashville. Not in that version of Nashville. You right. you know it. It was yeah. like what was happening was completely different yeah. than what's happening right now. It's the Wild West right now. We're, yeah. If you were talented, it's a great time to move to Nashville. Um, <clears throat> not so much the case in the past. Ten years. Ten years. Okay, that was, that was nice. <laughs> um, okay, twenty. Years. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I literally texted him and said, uh, "I'm not trying to be mean. That's not mean. It's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. It, it's the truth." Um, I texted him and said, "Hey man, if I did a co venture with Big Machine, would you want to sign over here?" And he goes, "Hell yeah, man! I'm into that. I wish I had that text so bad because that was literally the conversation right. that happened. That was it." So we kind of start working on it, and 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 then it just exploded, man. It, it, I don't even know what happened. It was kind of like we were just hanging on for dear life, Mike included. You know what I mean? Like nobody's seen that. That hadn't happened the way it's happening now. Yeah. And uh, even if you had done it before, you've never done it twice. So it's still been brand new. You know, it was like trying to figure out the right things to do and then how much are we involved in this and songs and, and, and all that stuff and and so the great version of that to me you know because we're not really <clears throat> Mike and them and, and Big Machine has access to whoever they want to have access to yeah. and, and, and us as songwriters and being here for a long time have access to you know artists if we, if we want access to those guys but that's not what really needed to happen it kind of occurred to me kind of quickly that the thing that's working with this guy is is what he is yeah and if we change that we're in trouble we're yeah. in big big trouble um so that was what we did is literally almost nothing um which feels like the worst thing to say ever but we didn't put him with everybody you know what i mean we kind of kept his core writers well it's it but yeah, and it's like what you were saying about the guy who was looking at songs in a completely different way than you were looking <clears> at it. It's like, I think our audience can smell the stink of being fake. A hundred percent. And if you're not, if you try to take Luke and turn him into whoever, it's, it's not going to be real. It's not the same guys that you're writing with. To, yeah. To on a on a on a Brett Young record. Right, right, right. That guy's great. Yeah. I, I'm not comparing though because it's not, it's not comparable. Right. Uh, it's two completely different things and I think too that those things coexist together as a, as a yin and yang that, yeah. that allow each other to happen in country yeah. music. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, all those guys, I mean, every number one he's had so far is a guy that has never, there's guys on there that have never had number ones. So those cats that he was writing with that he trusted and 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 felt like they were on his team from day one are the guys that we've kept in the loop through the whole thing. And he's that's what we're continuing to do. I mean, we're starting to work on on new stuff. He's getting getting dates and stuff like that. And all those guys are in the pile. Yeah. You know, and it, there's all this talk about camp and all that stuff and it, that's not what it is. It's just the guys that he feels comfortable it's working. Yeah. Don't 
change your socks on game six of the of, right. the, of the, the world, world series, series yeah. you know what i mean um uh so that's kind of what it is but luke you know i i should have as a business guy or a publisher or whatever you want to call that i mean it's like that's it, so weird to me to even say that out loud ringmaster <laughs> ringmaster I, you know i should have gone yeah of course man let's keep you in this publishing deal and let's move forward and but in my mind, I, I, I was like, because well, we had the conversation about what do we need to do, what do I need to do as an artist, to, you know, to for my publishing and stuff like that. I said, like, man, you need to have an admin deal and, and maybe probably get some money for it. And and and, uh, I, and I said, I'll tell you what I'd like to do is just bring you in on the stuff that we already got going on and, and let me kind of give you, you know, part of that. And that's what we did. So me and Luke and, and, and Tally ended up... Uh, in on the company and that's what 50 egg is so he's excited about you know of course running luke combs records of yeah. course uh but while that's going down the road doing what it's doing we will got new artists that we're working on and and and, uh, and trying to get cuts and doing the same thing that we've been doing and 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 uh getting some of these guys that are opening up for him or guys that are his buddies and 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 doing stuff like that, so it's it's all slash, you know. Nothing's just publisher anymore in Nashville. It's like publisher slash car yeah. washer slash whatever <laughs> other slash you got. Right. Well, there. I know you're not mowing the lawn. Yeah, already said that. So that ain't one of your <laughs> yeah, slashes. So did the did the freaking CMT awards? Was that kind of fun? That's uh, th- this year. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome, dude. Dude, man. What, so he was up oh, for video of the year. For yeah. she got the best of me, and he won. For performance of the year with Leon Bridges for Beautiful Crazy, yes. right? We saw that too. We went to that too, which was Leon Oliver put that together for him and, and a Crossroads, uh, and they did that down on Broadway, which you know kind of traditionally I think had been somewhere else, and uh, that was a neat thing, man. So there, it's all kind of outside the box yeah. thinking on this guy, like because he, he can do all that stuff. I mean, the guy can sing. The phone, but I mean, he's great. He's the, a great, crazy, great singer and songwriter and and artist. But the CMT Awards, yeah. And I, you know, I kind of halfway cringe to even watch them, you know, a little bit. And it's not because it's just the nature of the yeah. award show, you know, and you see your friends on there and yeah. it's like, oh man, that didn't go that well. <laughs> and that, that, well, that, that's painful to me. And we've watched and been to a mil- <coughs> million of them. Mm-hmm. And like you say, I don't want to go out and party. I just want to go home. Yeah. You know what's calling home. my name is my couch. Yes. And my dogs. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he played the end of that thing and just smashed it yeah. up, man. That was awesome, he man. He smashed it up. And that, that live show is – the band's great. All the guys – and it's so much like my thing, and that's the guys he came up with. Yeah. They all know each other. They all keep each other humble. That. That's cool. They're, they're, you know, even Cappy, the manager, and Lynn, and they all kind of know each other, and it's like nobody is allowed to kind of step out of bounds of that thing and or they get kicked back real hard, yeah. you know. Not in a bad way, just in a friend way. Sure. Where, hey, man, that was, that was pretty stupid. Yeah. Uh, and only your friends can, can do that more than six times, you know. Um, <laughs> so that's... That's all going really, really well, and I see his his all that to say the band kill too. Yeah. You know, the whole thing is just really well, it's really cool, man. Really well put together. Yeah, on accident, I think. I mean, as Luke and Cappy and them. Yeah. And not that they're not smart, but I mean, it was just like you're. They were working within the boundaries that they were that they had, which was zero dollars, by the way. Well, and 
as players and writers, as we know, you're only as good as you are. Yes. And so you can't ask a guitar player to play like Jimi Hendrix when yeah. he really wants to play like Jimmy Rogers. That and that just ain't gonna work. It's so. not gonna work. Yeah. And the production on those things too, man. I mean, I, we all listen to it, you know. And, and yeah, I just really not sure if I would know how to do that. You know what I mean? Mine are always a little more kind of. I don't know what they are, how it's different. Yeah. Uh, but going down through that process, it was kind of like. We don't know what's going on, so don't change anything. Yeah. We'll change it when it, you know, not not we, as that wasn't my decision, but, like, uh, it just follows the, the suit of the songwriting. You know, don't change who he's writing with. Don't change the production. Don't change anything. I mean, they stepped up, up a notch from the closet that they cut those vocals in last time. I don't think they did that this <laughs> They got time. a bigger closet. They got a bigger closet. It's a double closet. A blackbird closet, I think. <laughs> There's a couple of nice microphones in that closet. Yeah, yeah. So are you using what you learned from your record deals and artist days and everything? Are you using a ton of that as a publisher? And, and 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's what I've got Well, that's, that's different. It's a very unique set of, like you said, a skill set that yeah. not everybody has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, failure is a great Dude, skill set. It's a, well, it's a great teacher. <laughs> it is. There's no doubt. You learn I mean, more I, from that. And I think, you know, I learned so much from the Luke thing in that, you know, if you get them in there and you talk to them like the real person that they actually are, you know, and everything that they do is not great, you know sure. what I mean? And and, yeah. and and you're friends enough with them to go, yeah, well, maybe not that, you know, uh, maybe it's this. And they trust you from what they've seen you do, you know, yeah. and not just saying that you know which happens a whole lot, and I'm trying not to. I was I would never bash on any version of a publishing or or management or anything else that happens in town, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the bonus of that is they know they saw us yeah. kind of do that, and, and and not just me. Uh, pick a pick a, another guy in town, Craig or or, or Jeff Steele or Frank Rogers or. I think it's so hard in any job situation to take criticism from your boss who's never done your job. Yes. Yes. Knowing what you know, every writer that is here or whatever ought to know that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're coming from a good place. You just want everybody needs to be better. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and 100% I'm not talking to Luke about his band or other than them being great or or what he does but songwriting yes 100 percent. we're having those conversations and and this song and this song and this song and not that he doesn't know but it kind of feels like too i mean in all capacities if it's production or if it's publishing or whatever uh it's just two dudes that are sitting there that trust each other's opinion and one looks at the other one goes is that right exactly they go yeah man that's right yeah they go okay cool we're moving forward that's really kind of all I'm yeah. I'm doing, and, and that, it feels a whole lot better than the other version of that. I don't need to pretend. I don't need to play the game like everybody's playing the yeah. game, and don't want to. I'm not good at it, and I'm going to lose. You know what I, I mean? Bet you are. If I need to be the center of attention in that in that yeah. backstage area, I'm in big trouble, man. Oh, because I'm going to find the corner and I'm going to wait on everybody to do the line with the handshake, and then I'm going to be hanging out and be like, "Hey, man, what's up with you? Go deer hunting, man. You, yeah, did you kill anything this year? You know, what's, what guitar is that, man? You got that's what they want. They want real people having conversations it, with them. Every 
artist I know has gotten smoke blown up their butt 23 hours a day, and yeah. they don't need any more. They're full of smoke. They're full of smoke. <laughs> they yes. don't need any more. Yeah. They yeah. want to talk about deer hunting and guitars. And sure. What you doing. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, are you giving, and I don't want numbers, of course, are you giving? Billion. Is that what you're paying your riders a billion? <laughs> are, are riders getting good deals these days? I mean, I think so, yeah. I mean, Fair enough? It's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, mine's my version of that. I mean, I came in with an artist deal and a thing. Yeah, you know, sure. I, mine was different than everybody else's. I mean, I, I don't think it's any of them are crazy low, and they're definitely not crazy high. Yeah. I mean, I've had some <clears> – <throat> some bur- I do – we do have long conversations about songwriters and the way – publishing companies and admin and all that stuff works and and how you want to what you the goal that you want to get to as a songwriter meaning i want my admin back i want my publishing back i want to sell my catalogs or have the option to sell my catalogs uh before any of these other guys do because if i if i send the same deal that universal sends i'm going to lose every time sure um and if i want a standard deal then I'll go to one of those guys that give a standard deal. You yeah. Know? And that's the deals I've made as as a songwriter, too. <clears throat> if I'm talking to a boutique company and they go, well, the standard thing to do is is this. And I say, well, if I want a standard deal, I'll just go to I'll yeah. go over here. The place that has 100 writers and yeah. 20 pluggers. Yeah, if I want a standard deal, that's what I'll do. Um so yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, it's all it's all kind of we don't play the game of of crazy high draws cuz we don't have it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I did that in, in my career where I had a insanely high, not insanely high, but it was high draw. Oh, dude, I remember the days of $200,000 draws yeah. and stuff, you know, and it's yeah. like. And then I leave there that. and I, I can't get my songs back and, I, and and they've got admin on that for the next, you know, 10 years and, yeah. and things like that. And I, I didn't really understand that. So we're starting there and our point at 50 Egg, too, is to go, well, we don't want just a three-year contract. We don't want to argue with you in three years. We want to do this now. And then in three years, we want to, if everything works great, we want to do this. Yeah. And in the next three years, we want to do this and kind of lay out a, a 10-year, 15-year plan. As I don't want to drop them. They're my friends, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, well, and you wouldn't assign them if they weren't good. Yes, exactly. So we're trying to look at it that way and go, hey, man, kick the draw back. Get your own money. You know, because uh, that's all we're doing is just giving them an advance on their on their money. Dude, Joe, uh, Craig Wiseman one time said about those massive draws. One of our buddies at the time was sounded good on the mic, by the way. <laughs> was looking for like a four hundred thousand dollar draw, and Craig got a hold of him. And he goes, "Dude, you don't under you're not getting the big picture. You're reaching into the future, grabbing your own money." Right and pulling it back, so right. it ain't gonna be there when you, when you get there. Right, it's, I I totally yeah. If man. you made four hundred grand that year, in three years, you're not gonna have four hundred grand. No, also not gonna have the admin or the publishing. No, nope. yeah. And if if you made four hundred thousand as a writer, you don't need it. You don't need it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's where you, you're trying to get everybody is go, man, just pile up some pile up some things and, and, and let ASCAP or BMI or CSEC, whoever you're with, you know, let that let that pay you and, and kind of depend on, on yeah. that money to happen and get your own money back. And then you can make your own decision because you can't in that scenario, if I'm held to 
Well, I took this high draw, and in exchange, I, 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 I traded some some pub for it. So now I'm here for another three years. Got to get the guy get that pub back. Right. So we're not doing that at all. We kind of cut all the fat of the deals uh, because we're not also. I know it's a publishing company that was air quotes for the people on the podcast, uh, but there's really, I mean, it's not. It's it's development. It's kind of it's all that stuff. What do you need us to do to help you facilitate whatever you want to get done? You want to produce records? You want to make a record? You want to you want to juggle? You want to like tell us what you want to do and help let us help you help you get that done? Do you know how to juggle? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, so, I can't kind of. Without balls. Can you juggle chainsaws? I mean, without chainsaws. Just the ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's me holding up a finger missing. Yeah. Um, so we, we're kind of like taking all the things that I have gotten got by in a publishing deal right. and taking that out. Yeah. You know, artists, when they do artist things, we're, we're kind of moving the quota around because it's impossible. It just yeah. If you're going on radio tour, you're not making your quota that year. I don't right. care how much, unless you're writing them all by yourself. Yeah, which is fine too. And and if you want to, if you want to turn in that many, that's great. You know, but those things matter. You know, yeah. they matter big time. But also, <clears throat> as you very well know, happy writers write better songs. One hundred percent. And so it's like, let's make sure everybody's happy. One hundred percent. And I've told Tally many times, isn't it crazy? We're doing all this work. Me as a songwriter, doing all this work. To not do more work. Just yeah, to yeah. go into a room and I sit down with an artist or a writer or whatever and just think about writing the song. Yep. That's all we want to do. That, that's it. That's all you can do. Because yep. if you're on your way to work and you're not thinking that song idea and you got you know 15 people to call because you got to do all the stuff, yeah. and, uh, that's tough, man. That, that's really tough. Because you're worried about Luke's band wearing shorts and flip-flops on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a kiss of death. That band's out. If they're wearing flip-flops on stage, they ain't coming back next year, man. They're out. That dude, they hit the lottery. Okay, get the bus started. I'm going to send Jimmy for some Cokes. <laughs> so uh, what, do you, what, do you, what year is that Les Paul over there? Oh, that's a 70. Nine. That's cool, man. Like tobacco nice, sunburst. You got any new things? Everything? I got new, man. What's the last thing I bought? We got the camper rocking over here. I like that. I got the camper rocking. Oh, I just got the uh, the uh, E34, the, the uh, Echoplex. Oh, just nice. Got that. Kenton bought that for me. Okay. Because he wanted to use it, so he bought it for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you were a kid and you gave your mom a catcher's mitt for Christmas. Yeah. I just, this is, might be my last guitar, man. This is that. Is it an F, FG300 Yamaha? I used to have an FG375. Yes. So these are like... Freaking great guitars. I also just wait on John Randall. He just texts me and say, buy one of these. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and so these are like the new kind of like... Because they're not going to make any more of those 1949 J45s that, that they're out. What? They're not going to make any more. <clears throat> so it feels like, like this... He says this is the new thing that everybody's going to be collecting and they're great man they play great they sound great um and they were cheap and it's gone up since uh not that i'm gonna sell them yeah isn't it funny we look at it and it goes oh man that's worth so-and-so now but i'm not gonna sell it unless Dang. unless this 50 egg thing turns into 20 egg then i might <laughs> sell one of them <laughs> but yeah that and then that uh, gretch i just got that gretch not too long i think it's a 66 nice is that the the uh, gentleman, the country the, gentleman, country gentleman, yeah, 
Guitars are fun, aren't they, man? I love some guitars, man. Dude, guitars when, and cars, I think, is trucks. Yeah. And watches. I'm a big watch. Do guy. watches? A lot yeah. of people do watches. That feels like it's expensive. Well, yeah, that's Is it? So what? What, How much is, what is this watch right that's here? That's a Rolex. Come on now. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I knew I was leaving the house today, so I had to wear something good. Yeah. But even See, I, was, I wouldn't even... Dude, I got my wife into watches now. That's it's kind of beyond me. Tell me, give me the give me the rundown. So, what am I looking for if I? Just a sub, submariner. Oh, so it's just like a like you're looking for a J forty five. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's just a brand, so I'm not going. It's a Rolex submariner, and a lot of them have dates. I don't. I didn't want a date on this watch. I just wanted a watch. Oh, so this is a new watch. This is probably fourteen, fifteen years old. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah. But, dude, I remember when I started dating Amy, she came out to my house, and I was just showing her around, you know, this is the torture room, and this is... Right, right, right. I took kill her down. Room. The what? The kill room. The skinning room, I right. call it. But, yeah, they usually die. <laughs> <laughs> but took her downstairs, and she just stopped at the door, looked at all the guitars and amps and everything. She goes, why do you need so many guitars? Valid question. Valid question. I said, well, have a seat. And I took this acoustic, which has a spruce top and maple back and sides. Mm-hmm. And this one has a spruce top and mahogany back and sides. And this is a Les Paul, which goes into this Marshall, and it sounds like this. And this is my Gretsch Country Gentleman that goes into my Vox AC30, and it sounds yeah. like this. Yeah. And after about an hour of that, she just looks at me and goes, so why do you have so many guitars? <laughs> <laughs> It's a super good point, isn't it? And I just like how much difference would it make? And I, I've said this a bunch of times too. It's like so. I've got the that's a Yamaha, that's a uh, Martin D thirty five over there. Okay, but you gotta have you gotta have that or a twenty eight. But I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm uh, I'm not ready to drop fifty grand. And then the Gibson, right? Which are two totally different things. Absolutely. Do you know how many times a person has asked me? Oh, what guitar is that? Do you play on that? That record, that demo. I'm gonna guess none, zero, yeah, literally zero times, yeah. But I have had them. What's that silly plug-in that has the acoustic guitar in there? Right. I have had them go. Man, that acoustic sounds great on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're really getting it. What publisher was it? Because I kind of do not tracks. I do drum. Like I may build out drums yeah. and stuff like that. It's not like track. Track stuff. Building a track isn't the same thing as using tons of loops. And yeah, stuff. and then I play bass and I play acoustic on this mic and then I sing them or whatever. But one time I turned, I can't remember where I was. I wish I could remember and who it was and I'd tell you. And I did, everything was digital. There was no, I just didn't have time. So I was like, tick, 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 boom, boom. There it goes. And now I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm walking out the door. I turned it in and that guy's called me and he goes, man. We're getting really, really good on those tracks, man. This thing sounds great. Thanks. And I was like, oh, my Lord, man. Here we are. And here we are. Well, people here with their eyes. That's true. They do sound good. That acoustic on that thing sounds good, good. yeah. Now, I bumped into a producer whose name I will not mention. Yeah. It was Dan (laughs) Actually, it wasn't. (laughs) I love Dan. Uh, this producer, we were on an airplane coming back from the ACMs, and they were still in L.A., and he had his laptop up, and he Pro Tools, and he was mixing. Yeah. Which I've seen a lot of people do that. Yeah. And he goes, look at, look at how that's lined up. Just look at it. Oh, yeah. And I go, how's it sound? And he didn't, that's when I realized he didn't have 
any earphones on. Oh, he was just doing it by listening. Yeah, and he goes, I don't know. I'll listen to it when I get back to the house. <laughs> like, dang, dude. You're mixing by sight. That's- yeah, yeah. I've had, I forget who it was one time. You know, it just looked funny, like the wave, like this wave, and they weren't matched up, but it was vocals. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just looked funny for some reason. And they kept staring at it. He goes, man, it does. And they knew, you know, a little bit, obviously, about dog Pro Tools or whatever. And he said, it just doesn't look right. And I said, well, just quit looking at it. Yeah. How's it sound? <laughs> Listen, turn your head and let me hit play. And see what they do. Does that sound good? Why don't you look at a fishing magazine while I'm over here doing <laughs> this? Right. Well, dude, you want to do my lightning round? Yes. Okay, here's, here's the rules. Okay. I don't want you to think about nothing. That's just, probably dangerous for me. I just want, I'm going to ask a question, and you just first answer. Okay. Unless you need to think about it. Okay. I'm going to try real hard. What's your favorite book? Uh, On the Road, Jack Kerouac. Nice. Yeah. What's the last gift you gave to someone? I just gave Ray Fulcher a gun. Dang, what'd you give him? It was that, uh, the, uh. It was a Ruger, like, six-shooter oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Revolver. 40, 45 revolver. Nice. Yeah. Was it because of Laquero or something like that? I don't know. It was awesome. I was really jealous when I gave it to him. I thought I probably should have kept that. <laughs> have you ever been stun-gunned? No. That's good. I thought about doing it to a guy one time, though. Do you own a stun-gun? It was a bet. No, oh. the girl had it. Oh, okay. And we were drinking, you know, and I was like, I should, uh, his name was Duda. And I was like, you may do that on Duda's head. And he was like, yeah, we'll do it. And she stopped us, luckily, or we would have went to the emergency room. You didn't really have to say we were drinking because that's pretty obvious. (laughs) I was getting ready to take this girl's stun gun and (laughs) tase one of my buds. (laughs) What's the first concert you saw and how old were you? Oh, man, I saw – oh, God, this is bad. I saw Hank Williams Jr., Doug Stone, Patty Loveless. Somebody else was there, I can't remember, at the Pyramid at Memphis. Is it Aaron Tippin? It might have been. And I was I was 14 years old. Dang. I saw them with, uh, I can't remember who I went with. But yeah, it was great. Pyramid in Memphis. Hank Williams Jr. The dudes behind us poured beer on us all night long when we were kids. Yeah. I don't so, think they did it on purpose. I doubt it. They probably wanted to drink it. <laughs> yeah, they probably would have Dude, I worked it. about 60 Hank Jr. shows with Aaron Tippin. Yeah, and then I was working with Metallica for a while, and I it dawned on me that Hank Jr.'s audience is way more scary than Metallica's audience. Oh yeah, for sure. Because they want to drunk drink and fight. I yeah. don't think about even casually glancing at one of their girlfriends. Right. But the Metallica guys, they just want to drink and pound their fists in the air. They don't give right. a crap. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had anything removed from your body? <laughs> so stupid. Tooth? Tooth? Okay, good, yeah. good. Okay, think about all the songs you've written. Okay. Hit or not? Cut or not cut? What's your favorite song you've ever written? Oh, man, that's real hard. Oh, I'm trying not to think about it, but it's not going to happen. The one that's on the radio now, I don't know. The one I like the most is the one I'm about to get paid for. That's my favorite one. I love that one. That is great. It's my. I love the verses. Dude, <laughs> the way those are constructed, that's perfection. I love it. With the difference in a good song and a great song? Uh, dollar signs? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean that. I kind of no. mean it. You kind of mean it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Dude, people that – now, I do have my favorites. What's the one you and I wrote about in New Orleans? Oh, man. Jackson is uh, – Jackson, Jackson Square. Jackson Square. Yeah, yeah. Man, I freaking That's love that song. That's a great song. I love that I can't song. believe it. I'm so bad at that, but oh, I remember I that song. Zoom uh, down. Ghost of Mississippi. Yes. Something about the Ghost of Mississippi. Throw it all in the water so he kind of takes his problems and stuff he's throwing yep. in the water, right? He's been carrying around the box in the back seat of his car. Yep. That's a great song. What's the first? See, there's a good first line song. I think you said she drank. What are t- national? Oh, t- she drank hurricanes and I had something. Something we were the queen and king, king of, the, queen of the, Jackson yeah. Square. So anyway, yeah, I love that that's song. fun, man. Yeah, but, nobody cared about that, did they? No, uh-uh. <laughs> Still, nobody cares about that. Yeah, but great the, demo too. You did a great demo on that. I that came out really good. Yeah. Accordion and stuff on there. Yeah, that was awesome. But sometimes people just, you know, their songs are there are so precious, and all my songs are like kids. Well, unfortunately, some of your songs are fat and ugly, and that's yes, okay. I ain't no doubt, man. I have a a gift of I can completely forget them. For that reason, yeah, because you get you get your heart broke three or four times. You know what I mean? A day. And I, I should go, man, I love that. It's a great song, though. Why would he pass on that song? Why right. She, why would she pass on that song? It didn't make any sense to me. And then I just kind of can, I and, and Tally can tell you, like, I have, until I hear it, if I can hear it or get a lyric or something like that, then I, I'll remember it. But I can forget them. Like, I like my kids. I don't Yeah. Really, yeah I, my kids are not, my songs are not like kids. My kids are. <laughs> They're just like kids. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of songs as a can of Pringles potato chips. Yeah. You write that one, you take that first chip, that's eh, pretty good. Yeah. Eat that second chip, it's another song. Eh, it's all right. Yeah. Take that next one, you go, holy crap. That's the one. Yeah. You know, that's the one that I'll stay on a publisher about. Yes, yes. But you got to be honest, man. Not everything you write is great. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still under the insane assumption that everybody else is doing their job right? as much as I'm trying to do my job. I'm wrong a whole lot about that. But, you know, if you kind of turn it over to them and you go, here it is, yeah. you know, you and just here it is. I, I, you know, I like cool songs. I like, you know, the things that are that I think are really cool. They hardly ever, ever, ever. How about never? They <laughs> never get on the radio. Uh, and I've got some things. That, that, there's a, a song I can't remember. I think me and maybe Jesse Alexander wrote. Uh, it's life. Life moves fast when you're all grown up. I'm. I really, really love that song. And I'm going to do. And I want to do another record. And, I was gonna. And, uh, did I ask you that? If, no. you, if you made a record today, what would it sound like? I mean, I've got a, a list of things I want to go do. Yeah. Um, you know, the last thing we did, I did over at, at Welcome to 1979 Studios. Oh, yeah, Chris yeah. Chris Morris mm-hmm. over there. And it's all kind of analog stuff, and I loved doing that. I thought it was great. And I want to do some more stuff like that, but I want to do a grown-up record because I've never done one. Mm-hmm. All the all the kind of Grove stuff that we did were... We try real hard to be lyrically sound and all that stuff, and then but then the choruses that we're just attacking the core. Like here's yeah. the, you know, it's kind of the the the, the uh, what's the band like name of eighties nineties band? It's that kind of the jump chorus thing, and yeah. here we are and jump an octave. Yeah, mandatory. I've always been jealous of those guys that are like they get kind of get you're you're in, you're intrigued, you're intrigued, and then you're like oh that was the 
Yeah. That was the hook. Like, they don't have to change kind of the Don Williams version of that. Like, you're like, oh, no, that was the, that was the chorus. Like, he's, he's yeah. done. He's in the verse again. Uh, I want to do a grown-up, what I think is a grown-up uh, uh, a record that's more kind of thoughtful and uh, musically, maybe not lyrically, you know, because I, I try real hard lyrically, but hard, not hardly ever musically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would know how to how to do it anymore, you know. Uh, but I've got a list of songs, and it's kind of those things. It's kind of you know more kind of from a grown up yeah. perspective than the. Uh, but I don't know that anybody would care, but I don't, I'm really sure that I wouldn't care if they didn't care. Right. You know, I just like to, I, I like having those things. I listened to that Getaway. The Getaway was that record that we did with Chris, and, and uh, I'm super proud of that thing. Yeah. And, you know, scars and all. Like, I, I think it was straight to tape, so there's no tuning, no, if we messed up, we was getting, we, are we okay with leaving that in the? Because you recorded know? it as a band, right? As a band, yeah. yeah it was my band, and, and we were supposed to go on, on uh, vacation. I think there was a storm or something down there, so I, I, told, I told my wife, I'm going to call Chris and see if I can't get in there and get the guys all together and take that vacation money and go cut a record. And she was like, okay, whatever. And, uh, and we did, and it was fun, man. It yeah. was a blast. But if we hadn't done it kind of boom, 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 the more time I have to think about it, the more I will not. I will change my mind about that, about what I'm doing. That to me is the biggest downfall of Pro Tools. Oh man, is you can you can literally take a song you wrote when you were 16 and never finish it. Never yeah. finish cutting it till the day you, you just die. keep going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got stuff in there. I, I still I oh, still yeah. do that too. Yeah. Uh, what song do you wish you would have written? That could be Amazing Grace. Any song. Or, yep. Oh man. I'm thinking about it. I'm sorry I'm thinking about it. No. God, that is, that's tough, too, man. I know. It. Um, I mean, we do that every year on yeah. the 10 songs I wish I'd written. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Trying to think. Uh, I've, got, I've got some. Hold, hold on and I'll... Oh, golly. Of course, man. About, I mean, I don't care if anybody judges me for it. It's a great day to be alive. Yeah. Daryl Scott's song. Perfect. Perfect song. You know, Blake cut that on Travis, and he called Daryl Scott, and Daryl didn't even remember that song. Blake just told me this the other day. That song was like 22 years old. No kidding. Yeah, didn't even remember that he'd written it. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about pictures and, and how you start and, and what, from what point you start in a song. Dude. He started it. I got rice cooking in the microwave. He said, where, the, where are we going now? <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more about yeah, that. I'm listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've listened to that and his version and the, and the Trap Strip version and and I've got a, a li- like that. Yeah. Uh, 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 Lord, I hope this day's good. You know, I, that's kind of my in my old age driving to work and don't want to go playlist if I have a playlist. Do I have a playlist? I don't Dude. think you do. I don't know. How old do you got to be to have a playlist? <laughs> Am I too over a playlist? I think we're too old. <laughs> Great day to be alive, maybe four times, and and uh, and uh, Lord, I hope this day's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. So, who do you still want to write with? Um, man, everybody, you know, I, everybody. I, I, you mean like a guy I would learn some stuff from, or, sure, and like, want to, and want to. 
Man. I mean, anybody, Paul McCartney or... Sure. Anybody. Freddie Mercury? I kind of want to hang out with that dude. It's he gonna, seems fun. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he seems fun. He's fun. Yeah. Uh, no, just how does that guy get there? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, I love, I love too, the things that take you away from country music because you don't feel like you're working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Amy Mann, like I love Amy oh, Mann. Yeah. I love, I, I love uh, those things like that. Um, but here in town, uh, yeah, man, everybody. I, I want to, you know, I think I'm super blessed in that if I didn't make another dollar, I would still write songs. I yeah. love writing songs. Yeah. I, I love it. I think, and you finally, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not bad at it. You know, I love the dudes I write songs with. I wrote with Randy Montana and, and Kenton today, and we had a blast, man. I yeah. love that puzzle. I love it. That's my favorite part, and all this other shit is just to do that. Uh, literally, I, I just want to. If I, you know, if we move and, and cash out, I'm probably I'll have a spot. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. gonna write songs. I don't know if I, you know, would do it in the way I'm doing it now. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to be cool. I just never quite made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I always want to be cool. Like, I'm with you. You know the songs that you got. That you just play in your bedroom, you have no idea. There's no way anybody will ever care. <laughs> and uh, and I always wanted to. I love the piano guys because I don't really understand that. Yeah. Uh, what's the Elton John guy and that wrote Billy Joel. Bar- Bernie Taupin? And, and, and well, he didn't play piano. That was the awesome thing about that. But uh, I kind of listen to those guys a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't feel like work to me. I think that's why I love the Freddie Mercury thing. And, and that's the way I stayed fresh as a writer was I would wake up in the morning drive in write a country song then I'd get in my car and I'd throw in Pantera mm-hmm. or Van Halen or something something sure. totally different yeah. and it was kind of like eating sushi and that was the ginger absolutely you know and then tomorrow the morning yeah. yes and then tomorrow morning I woke up and country was fresh again. It was yeah. brand new again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you say, man, we've been trying for 75 years to figure out a new way to say I love you. Yeah. And it's it's hard. But still, when you do, when you start in the morning and there is no song, and by 3 in the afternoon there is a song, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Yeah, and it's way less hot than building houses. But it is it is in the same way. It, it, it's at the end of the day, there's a thing, man. I did that. Yeah. I, there it is right there. And I love... I'll probably today listen to the thing that I that I wrote today on the way home. I yeah. make sure I email them to myself and, and I do that. But I, I do the same thing. I listen in the morning. Uh, I was kind of country. Or now we got Alexa and Siri and all that stuff, yeah. so we can go just play music, you know. And a lot of times, and I ask the the Amazon lady, it's like, can I tell? Please tell Alexa to never play a song again and her do it. And they say, well, we hadn't thought about that. Who's working on that? If it pops up, be like, "Oh God, stop! Do not ruin my day with that song." Not one again. more time. But I'm the same man. I, I I try to listen to. I listen to a bunch of those uh, those kind of little funky bands and stuff yeah. on the way home that kind of do uh, 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 the the what's the scary pockets. I listen, oh, okay. I listen to them a whole lot, and they're kind of doing cover songs in the funkiest way they yeah. can do them. And then I still love. Bad Religion and Fugazi, and Dude, I, I still I still love that stuff, and yeah. it doesn't feel the same to me at all. But man, you talk about song ideas, and, and yeah, uh, 
some of that old Motown stuff, man, there's song titles in those verses that they, they just passed on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you got to go like, how is that not the hook? How is that not a hook? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I do that all the time. And, I, and, and uh, But yeah, I forgot the question. That was supposed to be a lightning round, and I made it oh, the opposite good. of that. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm done, man. I think you that's said awesome, it man. all. That's so much fun. Man. Thank you so much Thank for doing you, this. Dude. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, man. Yeah. You, look, you look happy. I'm happy. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing it's fun. I got the fat, so between us, we're fat and happy. Wearing a long sleeve shirt, and it's what is it, June? That's what fat guys do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are rolled up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, brother. Let's go try some of that cat head. Absolutely. I tried some. It's very delicious. I'm glad. All right. I love you, pal. Love you too. Thanks. Thanks.